I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome in to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers and C.J. Vogel. This is the Friday afternoon live stream brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ludicky and his, his folks. Boy, right before we went on the air, a little bit of a shocker, guys. Uh, you know, we knew Bill O'Brien, the Ohio State offense coordinator, was toying with the idea of becoming the next head coach at Boston College. We didn't know if that would happen or not, mm. Okay. Well, it happened today, okay? Then what happened next is going to send shockwaves across college football and football in general. Uh, Chip Kelly, the former head coach at UCLA, and I say former, is now allegedly moving from UCLA as the head coach to Ohio State as the offensive coordinator. You want to talk about haves versus have-nots right now, guys? Wow. Uh, it's happening live and before our eyes. This is what's going on. There is now a stratification, a pecking order in college football. And UCLA, at least from a football standpoint, Chip Kelly's saying you ain't part of it. Yeah. That's what, what do you make of this? Shocking. Uh, I think it's an upgrade, first of all. I like it over Bill O'Brien as a as an offensive play caller. So I think it's actually an upgrade play calling-wise. But in terms of the macro uh, effect of this um, and the impact of it. I mean, this is, it truly is showing you how quickly the landscape is changing in college football. You talk about the separation of the have and the have nots. There have been reports coming out of UCLA and their administration that they can't get, they can't really raise revenue really well for what, a lot of different reasons, but they're having a hard time competing in the new NIL uh, space because of revenue uh, raising. Also, they're having a hard time um, with, you know, the arms races and facilities and being able to keep up with the Joneses, if you will. And if that is going to be the case, you're going to make the head coach's job a whole lot tougher, especially going into a tougher conference into the Big Ten. So it, the reports were that Chip Kelly wanted out anyway, that he was trying to interview in, at the NFL level with several different clubs at the NFL level. I thought that may be the escape route for him. I never in my mind thought you would see a power five head coach leave, voluntarily leave a power five head coaching job to become a power five coordinator. Yeah, it it speaks volumes. Hey, we, we saw this. Uh, Maurice Lindquist, uh, head coach at Buffalo, took the uh, an assistant's job at, at Notre Dame. Or excuse me, at Alabama. So we've seen uh, Jeff Jeff Choate went from the head coach at Montana State to an assistant coach at Texas. But to your point, Rod, 
head coach at a UCLA. I mean, UCLA used to be a top five, top 10 program under exactly. Terry Donahue. Even Bob Toledo had them. I mean, you know, what are you, what are you guys even, I don't even know where to go uh, from here. CJ, you're a little bit younger than me and Rod. I don't know if you're less shocked than Rod and I, or did you guys like you see this coming? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it's, I, I think it's interesting in the fact that, you know, it happened so quickly. You know, we've talked about Chip Kelly wanting to move on, whether that be interviewing for the commanders or interviewing with the Raiders, which he did twice, according to reports. It, it was clear that he was looking to get out. Finding that right spot for him, I think, was key. This is obviously one in which you can compete and win for, or, you know, play for a national championship seemingly right away. You know, Ohio State has that that level of talent on roster at the moment, that's somewhere where he can compete and elevate that program uh, to his eyes and, and compete for a national championship. I question whether or not it's more of a systemic California university issue, mm. because that's something to me where you look at Cal and that's a, that's been a dying program. You know, UCLA has kind of been in that same, you know, kind of, kind of rut recently. I mean, he spent six years there. He struggled the first three years. They didn't necessarily want to continue with them. It found, seemed like he, uh, you know, found a group. He went eight and four, eight and four, nine, uh, nine and four, whatever it was over the last three seasons. They just couldn't get over the hump. And I wonder if it stemmed from the support on the back end. And I, mm. I think that's a little bit of it. Obviously, you talk about NIL and the challenges that come from that as a new uh, head coach in today's world. Dante Moore being a prime example, jumping boat, going to Oregon. There's a lot there. And so I wonder if it's more from the side of California and what their kind of issues are in that system, because there's not a whole lot of, you know, pro, uh, athletics first approach there uh, in my eyes. And no. so I, I think that it's a combination of things. Yeah, okay. I would agree with you, CJ. The other thing you mentioned, Dante Moore, he was the highly ranked quarterback out of the state of Michigan, one of the tops in the country. He went to uh, UCLA, even started a game. He transferred to Oregon like that. You mentioned NIL. What's crazy to me is we're talking about UCLA being a have-not right crazy. now. Yeah. They're going to get the Big Ten money. Yep. It, the SEC just announced, what, $51 million from the old contract per school? I think the I think Big Ten's going to be $60 million. Where's all that money going to go, UCLA? You just going to take the money and not pay your coaches? Not that's, pay why, your that's good. That's why CJ, I think, made a very astute observation. It's about their the, the, the mentality on the West Coast when it comes to collegiate sports. It would seem that they just have an academic first attitude over athletics. And by the way, nothing wrong with that. I'm not right. criticizing that at all. But just saying that's what it is. And so they're not planning on reinvesting that money necessarily in athletics when they get it all the time. They may they may invest that money in a number of different ways, and I don't think Chip Kelly can guarantee that it would be uh, invested in the athletic department the way he wanted. So, yeah, I, I, UCLA, I didn't know Chip Kelly was this desperate to get out of UCLA. Right. I knew he wanted out, but this is real desperate, and it shows you what the circumstances may be behind the scenes. Well, what yeah, is, I, guys, what is he going to get from a salary perspective? What was I he making? Let me see. I know that that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's got to be taking a haircut. I, I mean, wise, right. I mean, this is, this is, this is crazy. I will add this, Rod, you mentioned West coast. I don't know that it's West coast. I think it may just be state of California institutions. 
I mean, Washington clearly is willing to invest. They went out there. They went out and stole Arizona's coach and just went to the college football playoff. USC is not a state school. It's a private school. Private school. Yeah. Oregon, you know what, what Phil Knight's trying to do at Oregon and has been for uh, the better part of two, three decades now. The, the, the question isn't, I, I think it may be Cal and UCLA are the ones that are stuck here. Not and, and, Cal, and UCLA has a ticket to the Big Ten. That's this is crazy. Now I know they, they've had a lot of problems with everything from I mean getting enough practice room at UC, at UCLA guys mm-hmm. to getting accommodations to for students and all of this stuff to be able to recruit certain players. But, you know, man, what a slap in the face to UCLA's athletic department. Actually, yeah, money, money's not the issue. For, for Chip Kelly, it had to be bigger than his own personal finances. It wasn't about money for him because according to what I'm looking at here from College Football Network, uh, basically Chip Kelly was set to receive $5.8 million in 2023 and 2024 seasons. Um, that changed with a new extension to 6.1 million in those same seasons from 2025 until 2027. And his buyout, um, apparently UCLA will have to pay uh, Kelly 8.5 million to fire him. They did not fire him. Obviously, he left. Uh, the total amount drops to 4.27. So he was getting, I mean, he was getting good money, a lot of good money, the kind of money you don't pass up really for any other situation. Like, I can't see justifying. Giving up five something million dollars for what he's gonna make? Maybe a million and a half. No, I bet they pay. I bet they pay him two and two a million? half. Two, two and, and a half, half, probably something okay. like that. But that's three million dollars a year, Rod. Your point: you're yeah. giving up because you think you can win at Ohio State, or you dislike UCLA that much. I think that's what it is. My my other theory here, and you know, this is the theory, but. Chip Kelly's been a head coach everywhere he's been since when, you know, 2010 when he was at Oregon, when he was, you know, rolling out Marcus Mariota. Again, what he was doing at UCLA, UCLA, it felt like it had run stale. You know, there wasn't enough to get over the hump. How attractive was Chip Kelly at the time to be a head coach, you know, to, to go get another competing power five position in my eyes you just lost the strength of your defense with your defensive coordinator he's going to your arch rival your five-star future quarterback is going to Oregon it's a sinking ship and is it if I'm Chip Kelly I'm thinking you know maybe I get ahead of this maybe I jump on a life raft of my own before I see the ship completely capsize go out to Ohio State make yourself more attractive and appealing for a future job down the road because we've seen coordinators get big-time jobs from other big-time programs, Sarkeesian from Alabama, where normally if you leave a job in which you're fired or you leave in bad terms, you're not that as highly attractive of a coach. So I'm thinking this is a long-term play for Chip Kelly in my eyes to say, hey, I can prove to be a pretty successful, attractive coach to other programs where I wouldn't have had that you know level of opportunity had I stuck out at UCLA. All right, we got we got to talk. I want to say thank you to our sponsor real quick, but I got something else that I think may impact the Longhorns as a result of this as well. Uh, special thanks to Andy Ludicky, our friend at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, if you guys are familiar with us uh, on this Friday afternoon uh, uh, broadcast, we always promote Andy and his business, MyPerfectFranchise.net. What he does is work with people who want to own their own businesses and think franchising 
might be the right fit for them, give him a call. 404-973-9901. Again, if you're thinking about getting into franchising, there's no better person to start with than Andy Ludicky. Email him at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Thanks, Andy, uh, for your sponsorship of uh, the live stream each and every Friday afternoon. All right. I'll just go ahead and say it, guys. USC hired the defense coordinator away. Johnny Nansen, the Texas linebackers coach, was on the UCLA staff and helped in 2021 and helped recruit some of these guys to UCLA. Yep. They've got three or four interior defensive linemen that are real possibilities. Nice. Now, I'm not sure if they're high-end guys or more second-tier guys. I don't know. But they have a defense. They, they graduated the majority of their defense. Uh, but this is just, it's unbelievable. I mean, now this is another, I don't want to say blue blood because they're clearly not a blue blood, right? If you're losing your head coach to a, I mean, UCLA saying they're a blue blood, maybe in basketball. It ain't in football. And I mean, you can't, it's just another school that now has another 30 day window. I mean, they're going to have to go hire somebody. Are they going to, are they going to elevate? Maybe they get the USC defensive coordinator back and he becomes a head coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just think, I think it's like the last seven, eight years, right? I think we've said this in every offseason, right? You don't see coaches leave Oklahoma, a job like Oklahoma for another job, right? That's a destination job. You you want to die on that job. That's a that's a pine box or a parade kind of job. And yet Lincoln Riley was like, nah, man, actually in the new era of college football, I think I want to be at USC. Yo, Notre Dame, right? right? Brad Kelly leaves Notre Dame to go to LSU and everybody's like, that's Notre Dame, though. You just leaving Notre. But it's we're in a new era of college sports. And I think the guys who are in the know behind the scenes understand there are going to be a few institutions and programs that are going to be they're going to be in a more advantageous position with NIL being the law of the land and with you know the transfer portal being what it is and the more player empowerment. There's going to be certain programs, guys, that are in a, a really advantageous position, and I think you're starting to see some of those moves reflect that, right? And that I think this is just another one. It's another move that's reflecting that, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it really is. All right, uh, Oscar Elizondo has a question for us here uh, on the Super Chat. How in the world does Sark compete with a program that has the play has a play caller of that level at a program of OSU's caliber? I feel worried. Mm. Now, Sark is, is as good a play caller as Chip Kelly, so don't let's, if not better. Um, I'm not that worried about that. What I will say is this. If Ohio State now is not the prohibitive favorite for a national title next year, I don't know who is. Georgia would be the only team because they're ahead of, they're ahead of Texas. Is there yeah. anybody else that's even cl- – I mean, L- Ohio State may have had four first-round picks decide to come back and play a, a, a final year, Rod. What, what do you think? quarterback? It's going to be Will Howard at this point. Okay, then I'm good. <laughs> I mean, that's what I see. I told CJ that too. And CJ was like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, he's okay. I like him. He's okay. But... but he doesn't throw the ball downfield no. like the CJ Strouds, the Justin mm-hmm. Fields, the yeah. guys that Ryan Day's offense typically yeah. likes. What, what are your thoughts? I, I will say this there is a tie with Ryan Day and Chip Kelly. They're both, you know, they're both from New Hampshire, I think. 
Yeah. He we played under him. Yeah. yeah Ryan Day played under Kelly. Yeah, he played yeah. under Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Michigan just won a national championship with JJ McCarthy. <laughs> You're telling me Will Howard isn't along the similar lines of that with the similar like that that line that we're just talking about is going to be as talented, if not, you know, in as anybody in the country. It is. I, I I'll tell you why. There's a difference because Jim Jim Harbaugh would be stubborn enough to not throw the ball in a second half against Penn State. Ryan Day ain't made of that stuff. No, he ain't. He hasn't proven to be. And so he's going to want to throw the ball. And instead of some strong arm dude like C.J. Stroud that just won the rookie of the year or Justin Fields who can throw the ball through a, you know, brick wall, he ain't going to have – that's not Will Howard now. Will Howard – No, I understand I understand. I, I I get that, but you know, and I, I to me, Ohio State's biggest weakness is Ryan Day. We have yet to see him clear that hurdle in which we now believe him to be that level of coach to, that can win the big game. You know, we talk about the the inefficiencies of uh, James Franklin when it comes to the big games. Ryan Day can't beat his biggest rival, and he hasn't been able to field a roster that can compete or get over that hump whenever it matters the most. And so that's my biggest question mark, because I do think with Will Howard, you're going to be able to be in positions to win big games. I think he's not a guy that is loose with the football and can get you know it out to your big playmaker. So we'll see, of course. I think, of course, we've talked about it. Chip Kelly over Bill O'Brien's the biggest one of the offseason for anybody in the Big Ten. That mm-hmm. right there is massive for Ohio State. I, I think we I, – I, I wrote this on On Texas Football today. The minute Bill O'Brien takes the Boston College job, Ohio State's chance for an uh, for a uh, national championship went up. I don't care who that – It didn't make up. sense. It didn't make I, any I sense. Question that I think maybe I, – I you know, I hate to even go there, but we got to put it out there because it is possible. Did, is Chip Kelly out before there's some kind of bad news at, at US, UCLA? Oh, that could be it. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Syracuse Hornets has, has a real, I mean, that's legitimate. That's because just, yeah. I mean, there's enough things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're subjected to losing your, your salary. And, yeah. you know, they'll, Show you call. Law, NCAA yeah. law, they'll just knock you. Yep. No, that's a good point. I agree with that. Rob, what what do you think about what are your thoughts about uh, you know all of this and just your feelings on? I mean, this looks like this tears at the fabric of college football a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, just like this really does. Yeah, I just think we have to saying you're different. Yeah, I just think what we thought would be the the who who we thought would be the haves and the have nots. I think we may get some surprises who the who people believe, at least the coaches in the know believe, the have and the have not universities are going to be in the new changing landscape of college sports. Because um, like I said, it's going to be re- like Texas is in a prime position, right? Texas can be right now kind of an it program with the new landscape because yeah. uh, you, you got to be attractive. Number one, right? that's why mattering, it matters to be an it school. You have to be attractive. And not just in your location or whatever, but just 
the opportunities uh, and the options available when you choose that university. And Texas has really good options right now in the transfer portal. So they can they can do really well in the transfer portal era. NIL space, we know Texas has a lot of good sugar daddies and sugar mamas. So, you know, Texas right now in NIL space, they can compete with anybody in the country, uh, in any sport, by the way. Uh, they Texas wants to be the, 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 the NIL capital of major college sports. That's one of their goals. And honestly, they're in the competition to do that. Um, so NIL space, Texas can compete with anybody. And I think those two elements, and along with Texas winning games, right, continuing to, 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 to basically play to the standard and really proliferate the brand with a, with a positive imaging and a positive narrative all, through, all throughout, that's going to help you just organically recruit through traditional recruiting. You know, they're, right now, Texas is in a prime position to be one of the it universities in the new landscape of college sports. And that was that would be tougher to do without NIL. Let's be honest, right? NIL helps Texas. Uh, it sucks at this too. You said this has me ability in transfer port. It helps us. Like we're we're actually in a we're in a position where we are we are ultimately benefiting from all of these changes. Texas is a lot of a lot of other institutions and programs, guys. They are not benefiting from it. They are not. They're hurting them right now. Hey, we just had y'all see the Tulsa head coach Kevin Wilson and what he said this week about NIL. Oh, it's a great. Y'all could play the audio. It's great. It, 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 he basically um, he read a text message between him and a, a young man who was trying to, he was obviously a recruit at the time, but trying to get some NIL money out of the coach. And coach basically like, so why you need all this money? And, and I'm paraphrasing. He says, you know, I got, I got a few dogs. I got a girlfriend. You know, I got, I got, a, he's like, well, keep the girlfriend, get rid of the dogs and come on to Tulsa. Right? <laughs> and he was like, we don't, we said, we don't have no NIL money here. Right. We, ain't, we, we will get some soon, but we ain't got it here. Um, so every university is not benefiting from it, man. You got a kind of four drone path in this new era of college sports. But for Texas guys, Texas is in the catbird seat. There's really, no, I don't see any of these changes right now working against Texas. UCLA, obviously some of these changes or whatever it may be behind the scenes is working against UCLA. Um, you know, I, I, even, I even said against Oklahoma, Oklahoma, for some reason, he's working against them a little bit when Lincoln Riley decided, you know what, I'm leaving for USC. And it's like, whoa, that's Oklahoma football, man. Like, I don't even like Oklahoma football, but I recognize that it's not the university. It's not the program. You just leave. All right. It's not that kind of program. But Lincoln Riley said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I got to go somewhere with a higher upside. And basically what he was saying was Oklahoma is limited. There's only so much they can do in this new world. I'm going to go somewhere where I have unlimited potential. And I think you're starting to see more of those kind of moves. I think Brian Kelly did the same thing. I'm going to go somewhere where I have unlimited potential. Here at Notre Dame, yes, I know historically it's great, but guys, they are limited in the new era of college sports. There's only so much they can do. I'm going to go somewhere where I can do more. So I, I, I just think we're just starting to see more and more of those assertions uh, in college sports. How much? But this is even worse than that. This is a head coach taking – you know, a head coach doesn't like to be demoted. He just demoted himself. That's yeah. even worse, right? Right? I mean, it is. I mean, the same, a same, a similar guy, a, a similar offensive coordinator at Ohio State just took a job at Boston College. Is Boston College a better job than UCLA? Surely not. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. No. I mean, I mean no. surely not. Maybe maybe no. maybe no. maybe it's a couple of things. Maybe it's the California state system is at odds with big time intercollegiate athletics. We we've kind of yep. identified that. Maybe Chip Kelly doesn't like the state of California. That's possible. Okay. That's Here's cute. another one. He and the athletic director are sideways. Oh, yeah, that ain't good. Yeah. Yeah. Or something's going on and you know, you just don't know. It it could be 95 different ways, but it is not a good look. As as it currently sits, maybe more comes out. Maybe, maybe Chip Kelly remains quiet the rest of his life, though, on it. And we never know, but I, I think we'll hear something sooner or later because this is a huge move. Uh, David Williams has a really good one here. Coach Kelly will be successful at Ohio oh. State one year, win a national championship, then get hired to take over for the Florida program after Florida goes two and ten that's in twenty twenty four and fires Billy Napier. Yeah, that's not you know, bad. He was he was thought to be at one time before he took the Eagles job a potential at Florida. By the way. It makes sense. I'm talking about getting that shine back on him. Yeah. I I was talking about getting that shine back on you as a head coach. You're not, that's not happening to you. No one's polishing you up out at UCLA. You know, you go make a title run. Not only are you back in the national spotlight, you're a hero because you helped get that, that Ohio state program over the hump offensively. Now you have the pick of the litter of, of the shiniest jobs in the country. Whenever that next uh, coaching carousel comes around. Also, He's now inside the building now. He can be rubbing up with uh, Ross Bjork a little bit behind the scenes. If that season <laughs> falls flat a little bit and Ryan Day can't beat Mi- Michigan, maybe your replacement's already there now. Oh, no. Mm. That would be bad. That that You can't let the fox in the hen house. Hey, you know, you right? can't, Ryan Day's hey, looking at him. Just, just let the fox in the hen house. It, it might be happening at Baylor right now. Yeah. No, but that fox in the hen house. Which would be crazy. What? Man, why? If I'm, I mean, if you're Baylor, if you're the administration right there, that seems too easy. That if Dave Randy can't get it done, you can just let that guy take the job. He's already be familiar with the roster. Just saying. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I, I, you know, they are mortal enemies. Like, like, uh, I think one of the reasons Patterson is so easily swayed to go to a competing school, whether that was Texas a couple of years ago. Or Baylor now is yeah. his distaste for the Bryles family. Oh. Um, and he 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 did not he didn't like Gary Patterson did not like getting fired. No one does. Yeah. Right. But any but Sonny Dykes, okay. You hired Sonny Dykes. The the part where he got crossways, where Patterson got crossways, is when Dykes went out and hired uh Kendall Bryles. And that's where he just had had enough. I think that just from talking to people that know him, that's where it went over the top for him. Okay. He couldn't stomach that. Anything mm-hmm. else? And so now 
you know, think about this. Bryles and Art Bryles and Gary Patterson had a feud. And they played it out on the field, you know, every year. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I, for him to go to Baylor, wow. that's worse than for him to have gone to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? I mean, one of them is what, at least at Texas, you're thinking, okay, it's a big state school, yada, yada, we're TCU, we're the private school. But no, you're going to another private school 100 miles down the road in Waco. Yeah. No, Bobby, it's... is there a comparable, uh, you know, uh, opposing head coach or someone in Texas's history that would make that jump to, to, to compare to what Gary Patterson has, I mean, that move to, to, to Baylor. Not that was once a head coach that I can think of. Emory Ballard was the offense coordinator for Daryl Royal. He was he, the help man that helped invent the wishbone. He became the head coach immediately at Texas A&M hmm. going from an offensive coordinator's role to A&M. Does that count? Not really. Right. Yeah. What you're, what you're describing, CJ, is more of this, you know, gets fired and then goes and helps the enemy. Right. Right. And I'm sure that's happened. But I, I can't think. I mean, you know, there was a time when, when Matt Brown was going to try to get the Baylor job, by the way. Uh, wow. But it, it eventually went to Matt Rule. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, so that, that, that was a very big possibility that people have never talked about before. All right, uh, this one, uh, the super chat from uh, Brandon Ralston. Thank you very much, Brandon. Time to get CJ's jerky fun going. Yeah. Also, good to have you back, Rod. I've got a question, though. We need to recruit elite DTs. Who are we looking at in the class of 2025? We need to nail this final spot. It's not just a final spot. The, the, the transfer portal will be the final spot for 2024. In the class of 2025, they already have a commitment from Brandon Brown out of O'Galley, Florida. Uh, CJ, they also have, they're after Zion Williams uh, out of Lufkin. We've talked about that. Floyd Guidry over out of the spring area in Houston. Uh, Chase Sims out of Richmond, Texas. Uh, there's guys up in the Dallas area they're looking at as well yep. um, across the across the state. And even guys in Atlanta. Uh, Don't, yeah. About. Got, don't don't forget uh, Josiah Sharma out of Folsom, yeah. California, as well. He told me that he will be visiting in March, uh, Texas again. This is an important position for Kenny Baker to nail in his first cycle. You mentioned Brandon Brown in the class already. If you're able to add a few more pieces and and really help uh, establish a deep, you know, group of depth in that room, it's going to help the move to the SEC tremendously. That way, you're not always reliant on the portal to get new guys in. You can have them develop, get in your system, and, and acclimate well and early in their career. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's a very important spot, Bobby. I like all those names. Zion Williams is a big one. Uh, and then I'm, I'm looking out west, Josiah Sharma as well. He got ties to the Arlington area, familiar with Texas, and uh, very much interested in making a trip to Texas on his own dime early in his recruitment. Yeah, it's it's just nuts to me uh, that, that Texas uh, – all of this going on – and you're going to add the UCLA defensive lineman to this. You've already got the Michigan defensive lineman that could actually be out there. You got a defensive lineman from Arizona, which was one of them. You got two players from Alabama, which whose coach left after the after the uh, you know those those guys weren't going in the portal until Saban left. Right. All of that happening post really the regular portal. Um, let me ask you guys this. Mr. Mock Schnell, he's one of our better, more astute guys. And UCLA and Rutgers in a race to the bottom of the Whoa, big team. Wow. Damn. I mean, what do y'all think? I mean, is that uh, Rutgers, 
you know, they're already there. They're not racing anywhere. Um, you know, they actually are trying to get better with Greg Shiana. But, I mean, who who's in worse situation right now than UCLA in the Big Ten? I mean, your head coach just left. I tell you, I got I got a shout out my roommate. He's an Indiana grad, so I've I've heard all about the the hype and and the expectations with Coach Signetti up there. They actually got Julian Lewis on a visit this past weekend, the number one quarterback in the twenty five class. So maybe Indiana's gonna you know surface above. We'll see. Uh, but right now, I'd have to imagine UCLA is on that same path. I mean, uh, to what we've seen with the Rutgers or you know Kansas, what they were in the Big Twelve. Uh, Vanderbilt and the SEC, UCLA right now, unless they knock out this hire, it just doesn't feel like there's an attraction right there. When your five-star quarterback leaves, your defensive coordinator leaves, and your head coach wants out immediately, yeah. I mean, what's what's the selling point there, you know? Agreed. They got to hit the home run hire. It's got to be a home run for them, whoever it is. Splash or no splash, they got to knock it out of the park with the hire. And that's the issue is they're doing this so late in the recruiting you know, carousel. Who's yeah. left? You know, no, who, yeah. your entire recruiting class is going to be pilfered. Absolutely. It's it's a horrible spot. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, <laughs> man, I guess, you know, take care of your recruits and take care of your roster. This is, I, you know, I, I will say this. One of the things I've been told is they actually have almost zero NIL at UCLA. Which is crazy. It, mm-hmm. it is crazy considering they're in L.A., yeah, I will say this. It is a basketball first school. Mm. The, the whole John Wooden tenure there, Rod, yeah. made that into a yeah. basketball mecca. If you've ever been to Pauley Pavilion, it feels like you're walking into hallowed ground, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that before. And it, it that that area is a little bit different. But, man, uh, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, and we think about it. All right. Uh, this is the uh, Saturday or the Friday afternoon live stream. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers and CJ Vogel. If you're just joining us, uh, also brought to you by and presented by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're in the in looking for something new to do this uh, with your life going forward, and that means owning an, your own business and think possibly the franchise route may be best for you, give Andy Ludicky a shout. 404-973-9901. Andy helps people figure out what businesses are best for them uh, in the franchise game and then takes you through the entire process, emailing to get an idea of what what I'm talking about here. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Thanks, Andy, for your sponsorship of each and every Friday afternoon live stream. All right, we're going to take your questions, so feel free to get them in. Uh, If you haven't heard and you're just joining us right now, we are talking about the move of UCLA's at UCLA's head coach to becoming the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. His name's Chip Kelly. This is a one of those moves that I think people can safely say is just crazy from a you're going to kind of remember this because it's the first move of its kind. Yeah. Do we know of anybody that's ever gone from being a head coach at a national level school to being the offensive coordinator anywhere? I mean, no. Boston College guy was talking about going from being the head coach at Boston College to an NFL coordinator. Yeah, that makes more sense. Probably seen that before, right, Rod? Yes. Yeah. That's much crazy. more common. This is just totally different. 
Yeah, I said I I can't remember anything like it at all. And like I said, I I, I bet I bet when it all comes to bear, I bet it'll be a it'll be multifactorial. It'll be you know NIL will be a part of it. The administration, administrative support or lack thereof, will be a big part of it. Um, I think ultimately what you brought up about the AD. Um, the report started as AD wanted to try to get him fired a couple of years ago um, and that Chip Kelly was able to rally support and keep his job. But nobody wants to be constantly uh, on the hot seat like that, worried about their job security, even though he just signed an extension. If your boss doesn't like you, it makes things always a little awkward. If your boss, you know, your boss doesn't like you, but he's got to keep you around. Um, I think that may be in part of it, too. So there's got to be a lot of different reasons for it. We just have never seen anything like it. And I don't, I don't know if we're going to see anything like this again. It's just, it's, it may it help, but maybe it's an outlier or if it's a trend or, or it's something to start of a trend that would be troubling. I think it's going to be just more of an outlier than anything. I think Chip Kelly wanted out and this was just how desperate Chip Kelly was to get out. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Cause it's not like the two NFL program or uh, franchises he was interviewing with have the biggest track record of, uh, you know, sustainability and, and, yep. and, and being well run in the, the background there. So he desperately wanted out. I think that's part of it. And it's really kind of just putting the pieces together on whether it's the university, him looking at his roster and future, thinking it's kind of bleak, what it is, what the reason is. But, yeah, Bobby, we've not seen anything quite like this. And, you know, really over the last two years, really, the, the coaching carousel has been spinning at a, at a pace in which mm. I don't think we've ever seen it. And yeah. this year specifically, it's been – rather bizarre for it to be February 9th. And we're talking about UCLA to open up because their head coach wants to take a coordinator job somewhere else. Rather remarkable. Getting a lot of questions or getting some questions about what exactly UCLA might have in the portal available. CJ, I want you to look at that look real quick and look at their depth chart. But before we do that, let's, let's take an over and under on what we think Chip Kelly's going to be paid at Ohio state because it's a public university. So the the numbers will come out. Yeah. Okay. He was making six point one, or set to make six point one at UCLA. You said this year, Rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Based on your, you know, what you Extension. read. Yeah. Yeah. Six point one. Okay. What do you think he's going to to uh, to Ohio State for? I'm going to put the over under, and I'll let you guys go one way or the other. I'm putting the over under at two point seven five a year. For the offensive coordinator, I mean, is there a is there a offensive coordinator in the NFL that's getting paid that much? That I'm I'm not aware of. I'm gonna have to check. That's a good question. I know Jim Knowles makes right under two million. He makes like one point nine, so he's gonna get. So you're right. He's gonna make a lot a lot more than that. So yeah, right now I think he may be at like two at least two and a half. I, I would say definitely over two and a half, but two point seven five. Right now, I I I'd go over. You you think he's going to make more than two, as offensive coordinator? He's going to make more than two seven five. I mean, he was he's set to make six point one. You got I know he's going to take a three million dollar year haircut. That's crazy. I'm looking at two and a half. I think that's reasonable. You're doing this on your own will. If you're Chip that's- Kelly, you are making that move by yourself. No one's pushing you out that we know of. There's nothing that is uh you know. In, in, in this case, making you a, a, a not as attractive option anywhere else in the country that we know of. Again, you're doing this on your own free tuition to go out there or intuition, sorry, to go out there to Ohio State and be the, the offense coordinator. So I'm thinking he's 
well aware of the pay cut that he's taken. I'm, I'm thinking two and a half is reasonable. But I also think Ohio State's going to pony up the money because they know this is the piece that could get them over the hump 100%. I agree. Yep. I mean, yeah. they should – I mean, no, this is the year for Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh, oh, yeah. in the mirror. So are all those offensive, offensive linemen. You know, the quarterback that finally got him over the hump is gone at, at Michigan. And they're reverting to a different quarterback. I, I I agree with you. This is the this is the year for Ohio State. If it's not, Ryan Day's in trouble. And I, and I'll be honest, there's a, there's a level like there was a level of that with Steve Sarkeesian in Texas this past year, right? Where mm. last year wasn't the year for Steve Sarkeesian, people were going to second guess him at Texas. I agree. Yeah, they're there yeah. already with Ryan Day. You know, and the only somebody said this the other day. The only Big Ten team Ryan Day has lost to is Michigan. It's a big. He's one. Never lost another big to another Big Ten team. Wow, wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> somebody working man with a quote here. You know, Chip Kelly was thinking there are only twelve hundred people in the stadium. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so true. It's a fair point. It's 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 paid, so though. Good money. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's I mean, I, I did, and I did the research. Apparently, the highest-paid coordinators in the NFL make between two and a half and three million, but the average is about a million. So the average is not like as lucrative as you'd think. Yes, um, people are saying it's not like he's going to be broke and panhandling. No, we don't. We don't think that. But still, you know, people can think they're wealthy because they make one hundred and fifty grand a year. That person, same person, is not going to feel wealthy when they go take seventy-five thousand instead. Yeah, it's a it's a little legitimate one. Hey, uh, CJ, uh, your thoughts on the 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 uh, uh, the UCLA depth chart? Anything you've heard? I was looking at it briefly before we came on, and they've got some guys now. Um, whether or not they're good enough to to uh, really be great, I'm not sure. But they've got some guys that were part of the number one ranked defense in the country at, at against the run. Yeah, yeah. The the running game was really their their biggest strength this year. Obviously, uh, the defensive coordinator had a large role in that. The Anton Lynn uh, was a big piece of that. Uh, Leitu Leitu, obviously, is going to go in the first round. Uh, more of an edge guy, but I was looking at uh, Gary Smith, a nose tackle by way of Duke to UCLA. So it's already expended a, a transfer once already. And then uh, Jade Ty as well. Two nose tackles that uh, were really big pieces of the, the UCLA run defense. Uh, a year ago, uh, I'm, listen, it's interesting. And, you know, we get to see this portal reopen again for uh, another school. Who gets to enter? Who won't enter? Um, a lot of pieces from that UCLA de defense, uh, defense. Keanu Williams is another one uh, that you're looking at right now, big number 99 in the middle of that defense. You know, these are guys that all spent time in that A gap right over the center, had time in the over in the B gap as well. So, Who's going to enter the portal? I think it's worth mentioning. There's a probably a greater chance now than what we have seen so far from any of the Michigan pieces. Obviously, you lost your defensive coordinator and your head coach, and it, as we've talked about, doesn't necessarily look like UCLA is going to be as attractive. Obviously, these guys aren't as talented, I would say, or as high on the, the big board as we've talked about with those Michigan pieces. But very, uh, very a, a lot of experience, a lot of production from these three guys, Keanu Williams. Uh, Gary Smith and Jay Ty as well. So three guys I would keep an eye on moving forward for the interior defensive line. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it, yeah. they keep coming. You it know, never ends. You got to think. Look, 
you got to think Ohio State's going to take a run at some guys too. They may not. They already had one of the best portal classes in the country. Yeah. You know, not only Will Howard, who's a pretty good quarterback, but Keyshawn Judkins is a pretty good running back. Yeah. yeah. One of the names I was actually looking at Texas to potentially pursue should he enter the portal at receiver was J. Michael Sturdivant out of uh, Flower Mound. He was uh, one of the, the leading receivers at UCLA over the last couple of years. He actually transferred from Cal um, a, a few years ago. So someone I was I was looking at. Could be a guy that follows uh, Chip Kelly out to Ohio State to add to what is already a loaded, stacked wide receiving room. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, this one uh, from uh, Dennis Donaldson. Isn't it crazy how some college teams are poaching NFL coaches? Wink Martindale uh, going to uh, Michigan now for life positions, and others. Yet other college programs are losing their head coaches for lesser positions in the college or pros. They're literally, there's becoming a demarcation mm-hmm. right now. And what's crazy to me is that UCLA wasn't supposed to be one of those. Right. Now, no. we knew they had lesser fan interest than other places. Mm-hmm. But UCLA got a ticket to the big dance with the yep. Big Ten. Yep. You would think UCLA is a little higher up on that pecking order and, you know, in that, that college football food chain, if you will, to not be in this situation. And for Chip Kelly, I, I do think it all stems from Chip Kelly wanting a new change of scenery. Again, he went nine and four, nine and four, eight and five. Lose a couple pieces, quarterback of the future departs. I I think he's looking at it like maybe it wasn't the job that he had signed up for about six or seven years ago, which you know probably could have seen that after three. But to his credit, turned it around a little bit. But I I, I wouldn't have expected a move like this from a school like UCLA. Maybe a school like you know the Arizonas or or something along the lines of that, where you're looking on the outside, a, a you know, a, a, a Oklahoma State, all, all, Gundy's never going to leave, but those are the caliber of schools that you would have expected a little bit more movement from when you talk about the power conferences or the, the power two. Mm-hmm. Those schools won't be on the, in, the inside like a UCLA was going to be. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy stuff. All right, uh, got some more stuff to talk about here today. Uh, this is on Texas Football Friday Afternoon live stream, sponsored by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ludicky and his team. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers and C.J. Vogel of On Texas Football. Uh, guys, a couple other questions I think uh, came in that I think are interesting. Interesting here, uh, David Williams. If Texas can possibly get one of the Michigan DTs to solidify the defensive line and can improve their coverage, especially at safety, the Longhorns will have or be better than Ohio State in 2024. Ohio State has some top-end guys now at the top of the draft next year, CJ, right? That was kind of my thing uh, you were talking about, Bobby. The guys that returned from Ohio State this past year that could have opted for the NFL draft, Texas, you know, had a couple. You know, you had Alfred Collins, you had Jody Barron. Those guys were looking – you know, kind of looked at in that fifth, sixth, seventh round, the back end of the draft. Ohio State had a, a handful of guys that were going to hear their name called on day two. Hmm. If not, you know, a, a JPT on the defensive end spot might might have heard his name in round one. You know, the reason for coming back, who knows? But they did come back. And I, I think that's the differentiator right there when you compare Ohio State and Texas. Texas might have the edge of quarterback, as we've talked about. But in terms of game-changing positions across the the entire roster i think there's deeper prospects from ohio state's side of things in which they can go out and make a bigger impact at, at key positions 
like a JPT or, you know, at running back, I think that Quinshawn Judkins is probably a hair better than what we're seeing right now. Combine that with Travion Henderson as well. That's probably the best duo in the entire country. Oh, it's a ridiculous yeah. duo. It's a ridiculous duo. Rod, what do you think about that, though, on defense for Longhorns? I mean, you you see some of these guys. What, what do you think? We haven't – I haven't really asked you, you know, Rod, are we overreacting or some of us, like myself, overreacting about the defensive front? Are we putting it in proper context? Because my, yeah. my take on it today, a little bit differently, Rod, mm -hmm. wasn't just that the, the front two are gone. It's the triangle if you put – Jalen Ford in the middle of that mm -hmm. off, off the ball. So they're not yeah. just losing Murphy and Sweat. They're also losing Ford. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you basically um, are concerned about the central nervous system of the defense, as I describe it, right? That's your essentially the spinal cord of the defense, your communication center of the defense, uh, your inside linebacker, off-ball linebacker, your safeties in the back end there. Uh, and then, of course, the stem of that is right there, your defensive tackles. And Texas has been really strong there, actually, the last couple of years. Best One of the best front sevens is all the college football. And this season, you know, you just cannot – replace the production and the presence you're going to lose with a Byron Murphy to Andre Sweat. Uh, and even before that, when you had the deepest potential interior D line in the country with Coburn added to that and more Ojimo added to it too. So you're just going to be a very different looking defense. And I don't think you're going to be able to construct the defense and construct your game plans from the inside out. Like you want, you did in the last couple of years. Now the problem is Texas coverage really hasn't improved at all since the coaches have been, on campus, right? The, one of the last areas where Texas has struggled and really not improved much is really the secondary and coverage, right? They they weren't great in secondary and coverage in their first year. And teams, that's actually probably where they were ranked the highest is because teams were running on them because they were so easy to run on. They had historically bad rush defense, so everybody just ran the football on them, and you decide, I didn't even need to throw. Why? I'm going to work smarter, not harder. The second year, struggled on pass defense, and obviously this third year, that was their biggest issue, right, was their vulnerability. They were exposed in pass defense when they play elite quarterbacks. Now, you're going to play elite quarterbacks week in and week out. All right, you're going to play maybe two or three a year. Uh, but for Texas, now we're talking about the margins between being a championship squad and just being a really, really good football team. Yeah, you want to beat one or two elite quarterbacks. And to do that, your secondary has to be up to par. Your secondary has got – got to have those guys who, in the back end who can cover, who are not coverage liabilities, and you got to have those guys in the back end who you got confidence they can hold up in man-to-man -man coverage. And Texas hasn't really had that confidence yet. I, the belief is this upcoming season, with the addition of Makuba, with, you know, Jade Barron coming back, the young guys getting a little bit better, young guys that they have, you know, brought into the program, right? Guys like Malik Muhammad, young guys like that, Derek Williams, young guys like that. And they'll improve coverage in the secondary because they're recruiting it now. And overall, that will help them improve their not really the pressure, but help them get more splash plays overall, uh, more takeaways overall. That's the hope. But when you start thinking about it, this, this staff has done an unbelievable job of development. They really have. But one thing they have not developed is coverage because you can't. <laughs> you just got to have guys back there that know how to cover. Think about it. Linebackers got better. All line linebackers got better. D-line got better. Did the secondary get much better? Mm. No. You just got to add in guys that can cover in the secondary, which they're doing. Derek Williams. Malik Muhammad, they're going to add in Makuba. That's going to improve the secondary. It took them a couple of years to figure it out, but you ain't going to, you can't coach everything, baby. Can't do it. <laughs> you want to recruit something and then you can coach up other things. And now I think they know what that is in the secondary.
Got to mention one other thing. I, I, I When I was mentioning those Ohio State transfers, Rod, I forgot Caleb Downs. Oh. The freshman from Alabama Ooh. that you love. That, uh, Jim knows. Transferred up, up yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, another ball name ball as well the center. Hey, another, another name in the chat, guys, uh, that's worth a, a listen. Somebody's saying, how about David Shaw to UCLA? His son is a sophomore wide receiver. Ooh. I like that. That is good. That's good. Yeah, that's Our a guy thing. that yeah he, he's not really worried about the NIL and all the 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 off the field issues, the re- support from the administration. He worried about coaching the football team up, and he's used to doing that with limitations because of his time at Stanford. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. He didn't do a great job of that though. Late after he ran through Harbaugh's yes. players. That's true. So, that's true. I don't know if it's great. I don't know if it's great. Hey, um, we got about ten minutes left. I, I wanted to bring this up. I, Obviously, it's the Super Bowl, but I want to backtrack because, Rod, this is something we talked about this morning on Coffee and Football. The University of Texas now has six men in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. One of them is now Steve McMichael, uh, a guy that played at Texas from 76 to 79, uh, was, uh, you know, a All-American, I think two-time All-American, uh, played with uh, Bill Acker and uh, Brad Shear, among others, at defensive tackle for Texas. Um he is uh, – he ended up playing – getting drafted, went to the uh, Chicago Bears, played on the 85 defense for the Bears, uh, got his nickname – while at Texas, his nickname was Bam Bam. And then yeah. he got moved to the NFL, and they started calling him Mongo. And he, then he started going in and being a professional wrestler. Oh, yeah. He's had a colorful career, that's for sure. Uh, but he is the sixth Texas Longhorn going into the NFL. It's amazing. Tell people what you think about, you know, how big a deal that is. I mean, it's just so rare. I mean, like, it's very, very rare for for our players to get in the NFL. I I mean, it's the 1% of the 1%, right? It's the most elite of the elite. Always takes an elite class to get there. Uh, But these guys distinguish themselves even from that. And, yeah, for the long ones, I mean, the sixth they have in it was Bobby Dillon, Bobby Lane, Earl Campbell, Tex Schramm, Tom Landry, and Bam Bam. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, but first of all, we don't celebrate Tech Schramm enough either. I know we don't celebrate Tom Landry enough. I have no idea what that is, even though Tom Landry is one of the great kind of architects of football history. Uh, we don't celebrate that enough. I don't know why we don't celebrate Tech Schramm either. I mean, Tech Schramm was one of the most innovative minds in the history of football, um, and he ends up being a Hall of Famer too. But yeah, as a player, um, I mean, that's everybody's goal, right? Everybody's goal as a player is to play is is to become a hall of famer to play that well for that consistent of a period where you're the best at the position in the game and that's that's what basically makes your case for the hall of fame you got to be the best at your position right you, you ain't the best at your position the top guy in that spot all pro then you'll never get consideration and every i would say every recruit wants to go to the NFL 100% of them Every recruit being recruited wants to go to the league. That's why you see Sark bringing in the guys with the league ties. You're at Jed Fish talking about it too. I don't know. They want to play at the NFL. We'll let them know that we know how it looks and we know how it feels in the NFL. But also, every guy that wants to go to the league wants to be the best. Wants to be the best at their position. I dreamed of it. Didn't happen to me. It's really hard to do. All right. But um, that's what that's what that represents, man. Being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that mustard jacket. That's they call it football heaven. That's it. That's it, man. That's everybody wants. That's everybody's trying to go, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for I'm happy for Bam Bam and his family, man. That was uh, I know he's been in failing health, and I know the uh, the hope is that 
he'll make it to enshrinement. But I, I have talked to people that are, that are close to him and I, from what I've heard, he, it, it, they know that it meant a lot of him just to be named. Um, so they wouldn't be shocked if in, in fact he doesn't make it um, to enshrinement. I think that's in August or something like that. But um, it, it, he's been a lot of people think he's been holding on just for this moment. A lot of people that think he's been holding on fighting, fighting for this moment. And uh, man, that's that's touching. It is. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I talked to Les Caning this morning. I don't know if you remember Les or yeah. not, uh, but he played for Texas in the late 70s. Uh, was a, then went on to become a coach, an assistant coach in mm-hmm. Texas, offensive coordinator at AM and Mississippi State uh, under Dan Mullen, uh, Alabama and uh, Alabama and AM under Dennis Francioni. Uh, I talked to him. He was a teammate of McMichael. And he said the one thing that I, I go, what, what was he like? And he goes, first of all, he's just tough. Mm-hmm. He goes, there are people that are just naturally tough, everything about him. He was just tough, you know. He said he was he had athletic, all this other stuff. Yeah, determined. He said he had a will, uh, a, a will of made of steel. I mean, he was. You see that he was one of those kind of guys, and you know, you knew he was going to get better and better, and always be up to whatever the challenge was. Uh, from on a football field, it didn't matter how much higher the stakes would be raised, he'd be able to get to that next level. How That's, many guys went to wrestling uh, from from some football before? Steve Bad Bad McMichael did it. I don't know. He might have been a pioneer in that regard too, man. I don't know. I gotta go check this research on that too. There's That's gotta it. be Ernie Ladd may have been before him. Okay. I don't know if y'all remember Ernie Ladd. I don't know if I remember now, that. I, I before we get going, we have two things I want to get to that are also deal with pro football. One is Rod, you're headed to the Super Bowl tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, be out there, have fun. We wish yep. you well, buddy. Uh Thanks, congratulations. Go, go enjoy yourself with some friends. Uh, but I, so I want to talk about that game. But before we get that, I want to ask you about uh, who you think maybe the next Longhorn in the NFL might be. Oh, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, in oh. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, that's good. The next one will probably be Earl Thomas over Jamal Charles. Jamal probably should get in, but I it, it's yeah I gotta I gotta go look at his stats, but he got the all time I mean he's got the all time record for yards per carry ahead <laughs> of Jim Brown, so he he probably can get there. I I know Earl's gonna be in. I just don't know when. Um, and what what's hurting Earl right now? Maybe some of the off the field issues that he's currently dealing with now. So that'll probably hurt his candidacy a little bit. But there's no denying you talk about the who's the best at their position in the game for an extended period of time, he was the best safety in the league for about a three or four year period, period. Mm-hmm. Legion of uh, the Legion of boom was kind of built on his ability to be a center fielder and be able to reach sideline to sideline, that unique ability. So I do think Earl's, I think Earl's got a really good chance to get in just based on, like I said, the best at their position for an extended period of time. But you're right about Jamal Charles. I got to go look. I don't know if Jamal Charles is ever considered the best running back in football though. That's and most fair. explosive. Most dynamic was he ever the best running back in football? Period. That's the question. I don't know. I, I don't know. Question. Hey, uh, another person, old timer, mentioning Tommy Nobis should get in at some point. I know um, they've been doing him dirty for a while. I don't know if he's gonna ever get in. That's and I'm with you. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of names like that with Texas. CJ, who do you think is next? Earl to me has that extended amount of. Prime, as Rod was per- referring to, you know, he's a three-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, won a Super Bowl, 
uh, was really one of those key pieces in which kind of changed how defenses is, is played now. If you want to get kind of technical with the Legion of Boom, that cover three that we've seen implemented yeah. so deeply throughout the NFL and even into the ranks of some of the college ball, Earl's a good one. I, I do think uh, Jamal should be a Hall of Famer. I don't think we'll see it right away. I think he'll be one of the – if Antonio Gates wasn't a, a Hall of Famer this year, there's – some issues and some hurdles that you have to go through in which to become a hall of famer. And some, a lot of that's politics. A lot of that is how much is your, your, your franchise going to push for you to be in. We've seen that a little bit with Eric Allen at the Eagles. You don't hear a lot about him because he's an older guy. Yeah. You compare his stats and what he was able to do, you know, back in the day, that guy's numbers compare with Deion Sanders in terms of what he was able to do with taking the ball away. And not many other guys are able to do that. So the NFL voting is, is interesting to me. Jamal had that prime, but it wasn't over a duration of time in which he was a surefire pick in my eyes. Uh, if, if it's not either of them, it's Justin Tucker. Oh, oh yeah. Damn it. You're right. It's Justin Tucker. But he's going to play. He's probably going to play another five to eight years. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, we might not know when... The toe don't get tired, man. Yeah. The toe don't yeah. ache like the body does. Yeah. <laughs> that's he, that's how long point. did Phil Dawson kick? 20 years in the league? Yeah. No, you're right. He's got another decade, baby. Yeah. He's the best of all time. That's true. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about the game. CJ, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, who do you got? I, I think it's the line is the Chiefs by four. Uh, pick the pick pick the winner and uh, the score. I, I've got the Chiefs. Um, I, I think it's going to be a – I hope it's a high-scoring game just because that's, you know, more fun for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. But I do think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think possessions are going to be drawn out. The Chiefs have pr proven that over the past couple of weeks in the postseason. They like to have seven, eight, nine-minute drives whenever they have the ball because, of course, the ball's in Patrick Mahomes' hands, and you'd rather uh, have that than anybody else in the world. So I'm going Chiefs probably 24-20, I think, feels fair. Um, uh, Chiefs' defense has been superb. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to see if Brock Purdy can do it again because right now – Rock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes, albeit he's had a tremendous season, feels like a tremendous mismatch at the most important pit, uh, position on the field. I'm going Mahomes to get another and uh, chip away a little bit at that greatest of all time uh, title. What about you, Rod? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's picking against Patrick Mahomes is just a fool's errand, especially in playoffs and clutch time. So it'll be tough, but I'm emotionally uh, tied to this game. Um, and I know one thing that I cannot really resolve is the the desperation and the obsession i know my man channels had with winning a super bowl he's been in he's been coaching in two of these things and he's been up double digits in both of them guys i cannot tell you how maddening that is for channel it is driving him crazy it's also driving him crazy that sean mcveigh who started out coaching with him got a super bowl before he did like, these are things i'm telling you that's driving this guy and i know his obsession i do i know andy Reid and patrick mahomes too so I'm going to side with the obsession just one time. I'm going to say my boy Shano pulls it off because if he don't, I, 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 I don't, he's, he's not going to be in a good place. <laughs> and I don't want to be around to celebrate with him. Oh, uh, man, he, he's not going to be in a good place mentally, guys, I'm telling you. And so I think he, this is his moment. I think he understands if he doesn't win this one now, man, it's only going to get tougher and tougher. It really is. And I think Brock Purdy, even though Brock Purdy's not – an elite quarterback. I'm not saying that. I'm not throwing it out there and having that discussion. But he has shown the ability to have the clutch gene and to, to make plays in critical moments, clutch plays. That's what mm -hmm. Shadow's offense has been missing because they're a front runner. He gets double-digit leads, yet his quarterbacks can't make plays in clutch time to close out the game. 
I'm saying this quarterback does that. Makes plays in clutch time just enough for them to find a way to win the game. Yeah, picking against Patrick Mahomes is foolish, but I'm going to do it this time because I got to pick my boy Shano, baby. I got it. He needs as as much good mojo as I can give. Rod, I'm going to root for you because I like you, but I think the Chiefs are going to win this one, buddy. Um, I know everybody does. I would say this. Your your comment about Brock Purdy rings true for sure, right? I think the other thing he does it often is with his legs. Yes. Not always. It doesn't have to be just this one-sided guy. It could be actually his legs as well. So, all right. I, I, that's going to do it for this afternoon's live stream. Uh, CJ and I will be back tomorrow morning. We've got a little Saturday conversation coming about the SEC and what the, the schedule looks like there. Some interesting takes that CJ's kind of run down. Uh, got some other stuff as well. There's a baseball preview coming out. If you're in, you really like the Longhorn baseball team, uh, Blake Monroe sat down with Drew Bishop, the former operations director at the University of Texas baseball program. Uh, knows those guys really, really well. Uh, and he talked with them, uh, talked with Drew for about 15, 20 minutes. We're going to have that this afternoon as well. Uh, so you guys uh, hang out, have fun. Uh, and Rod, you travel safely, buddy. I will, okay? brother. All right, hook him. Hook him. Right, have a good weekend. Woo! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.